welcome to Warren Yara's Yiranyuri. I'm recording from the Gadigal land in the heart of Sydney, Australia. Warren Yara is a Gadigal name meaning to seek, which sums up the mission of our Health Professions Education Research Network here at the University of Sydney. And Yiranyuri means many voices, which our podcast represents. So I'd like to pay my respects to the elders, past, present and emerging of all the lands on which we're present and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening. I'm here with Marlena Callow and Belinda Judd, authors of their paper published in the journal Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation in June 2022. Grit, Resilience, Mindset and Academic Success in Physical Therapy Students, a cross-sectional multi-centre study, co-authored with Lucy Chipchase, Felicity Blackstock and Casey Perrys. I wonder if you want to tell us a bit about your background and the rationale for the research that led to this publication. Great. Thanks for having us, Lynn. I'm Marlena. Um, I'm a physiotherapist by background. I've been working as the clinical educator manager here at La Trobe for the last six years. And early on in my role, um, there were many conversations coming up around the resilience of our physiotherapy students and were they as resilient as what they once were and why can't they cope with as much challenge as maybe they might have in the past. And it got me really thinking about what is this around the resilience piece and how much resilience do our students have? What are we talking about when we talk about resilience? And it led me to also look into the traits of grit and growth mindset, which have a lot of attention in school-aged children and in the general population. And there wasn't much research in the health professional space. So I got a team on board, including Belinda, and got started with a PhD to investigate this. Fantastic. Belinda. Thank you, Lynn. It's great to be back again. So I'm Belinda Judd and my role is Senior Lecturer in the Discipline of Physiotherapy at the University of Sydney and in particular in the area of work integrated learning. My clinical background is also in physiotherapy, but I have an interest in health professions education and health professions education research. I uh, had some similar experiences as Marlena with our physiotherapy students and and join forces to kind of investigate and tackle this problem of what we've called GRAM, uh, combining grit, resilience and growth mindset together. Oh, a n- nice acronym. Always good to have one of those. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, you, you're actually right. You know, the issue of resilience is often spoken about, but grit and, and, and mindset less so. Just give us a little bit more about how you use these constructs. So what do you mean when you say grit, for example, or resilience? Because I know that there are so many different ways to, to you know, think about these constructs. Yeah, so as um, Belinda mentioned, we affectionately coin them grand, so grit, resilience and growth mindset, in that, that these three traits, they're personal traits that relate to how an individual responds to stress and challenges and whether they adapt positively or negatively to overcome that. So if we break each of them down, they each slightly differ, but have quite a bit of overlap. So resilience, we like to think of as more of an umbrella term around how an individual bounces back 
positively from a negative event. So resilience, the term's been around since the 1970s. Originally, it was describing trauma recovery in children, tended to be thought of as a fixed trait, either you're resilient or you're not. But more modern thinking and research around resilience is that it's a process that's not fixed. And the quote I like to use is, we grow through what we go through. So it's a dynamic, transformative process when we experience a hardship or a challenge and how we adapt to to go through it. Whereas grit, grit was first described in the literature in 2007 by Angela Duckworth and her group. So grit is defined as the passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal despite setbacks and challenges. So in a nutshell, when the going gets tough, you stick at it because you've got a long-term goal in mind that you want to achieve that usually aligns with your interests and it's meaningful. So you're able to persist and keep going when things get tough. Mindset, the term was coined um, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, two ends of opposite scales, but everything in between. And most of us sit a bit more in the middle, coined in the 1980s by Carolyn Dweck and her group. It's the way that an individual believes that their intelligence or their ability is malleable. So one end of the spectrum, fixed mindset, an individual believes that they can't change their situation. So for example, I'm either good at maths or I'm not good at maths. That's it. I'm born that way. Versus on the other end of the spectrum, the growth mindset, an individual believes they have the capacity to um, develop and grow and change. So I'm not good at maths at the moment, but with time and effort and perseverance, I can get better at this. And the three really top things with students in particular with growth mindset is around how they view feedback, how they view challenges and how they view failure. I've failed a clinical placement. Does this mean I'm never going to be a good health professional versus this means I'm not quite there yet and I just need to develop more strategies around this to be able to persevere and achieve this. And I think about those three constructs in the way that you've described them and for sure things like, well, maybe all three of them are, are, are can be manipulated and malleable so ultimately you're not stuck in one of those you know those spaces you can actually um, grow and change your mindset or change your resilience so these are not fixed elements of of an individual for sure and really depends on the context as well. For example, I could have a great growth mindset at work when it comes to feedback from my manager in a performance review, but at home with my partner, I might have a very fixed mindset when they try to give me feedback on something. That's fascinating. Yeah, that context dependency is is really interesting. So tell me a bit about what you did, you know, what methods did you use and, and, you know, how did you analyse the data? So we collected data from final year physiotherapy students at the end of their degree from four universities in Australia. So we collected demographic details, a whole range of things from age, if they had a diagnosed medical condition, a disability, if they were an international student, how much time they spent if they were a carer, how much time they spent on average studying, working, in employ- paid employment. 
We then had pre-validated survey tools to measure their level of grit, resilience and mindset. So we used the um, GRIT S tool, the Brief Resilience Scale, the Academic Resilience Scale and the DUEC Mindset Instrument. And then we collected their academic transcripts and we looked at all of their marks for their clinical placements versus their all of their marks across their whole degree. So the whole degree, we termed it their overall academic performance versus just the clinical subjects and how they went with that. We then ran some risk ratios and a standard multiple regression analysis to determine predictions of overall academic success versus clinical performance because we wanted to tease out, like in particular physio students, we know they're academically quite bright they need really high scores to get into the course so we sort of hypothesized that we thought they would do fairly well in the theoretical subjects but it might be quite different in the clinical subjects which really there's a, a lot of different challenges on clinics it's a unpredictable fast-paced environment with patient contact they're often exposed to death and suffering for the first time and all of the human elements that you don't quite get in the classroom-based environment so we wanted to tease those two things out and we collected data from 268 students excellent and and when you ran your analysis I mean without giving it all away, because I think people will want to go and read your paper. Were there any surprising findings in the data? Yes. So we found that grit out of the three traits was the significant independent predictor for both overall academic success as well as clinical performance. But that resilience and growth mindset didn't show up as independent predictors. What we did find, though, is that students that had a high level of grit were four times more likely to have high resilience and 40% more likely to have a growth mindset. So there is an interrelated aspect to it and that just because grit came out as the strong finding, I think people should look at the paper with caution and not assume that we should throw out other traits within that. Belinda, do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, so essentially we also found that physiotherapy students in all of the four universities actually had fairly low levels of grit for quite a large percentage. Um, Marlena, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was about 20 or 25% of, of students did measure low grit, which was even um, a bit larger than comparable populations in other studies. But, you know, we did find that those with high grit did go on to really show that level of, of academic success and clinical performance. So there, there was that correlation that if you have that trait of being gritty, you are very much more likely to succeed in terms of academic performance and clinical performance. So it was nice to kind of see that kind of concrete proof. And I think Marlena can also talk about some really interesting findings that we found from some of the minority groups and, and some of the demographic factors that had some interesting uh, findings. Yeah, thanks, Belinda. And just on your points there, it was um, 25%. So one in four physiotherapy students had low levels of grit and or low levels of resilience and that the students with low grit in our risk ratio study uh, analysis, we're two times more likely to fail a clinical placement. 
which was a, a surprising finding, but very concrete. And as Belinda mentioned, then there were particular minority groups that were at higher risk. So in, for example, LGBTIQ, as well as international students, students with a disability and students with a diagnosed mental health condition, which then warrants the discussion of for further research, looking specifically at some of these minority group populations and what sort of interventions we might put in place to help to develop traits that help them to bounce back. And just looking at those groups, we know that they probably will face more challenges than your average student is going to to face so they all all have common challenges with our students you know they're juggling life of being an early adult a lot of them are working part-time jobs there's more financial pressures there's the pressure of the course there's the transition into clinical practice and then if you throw in things like being from another country and living out of home and all of the challenges that LGBTIQ students face as well, you can see how they could be at more risk with more challenges. And was this particularly in their workplace assessments or was this just more generally across the transcripts? This was more generally across the transcripts. And with so we found that having a diagnosed mental health issue was an independent predictor of a lowered overall academic success on transcripts, but it didn't show up for clinical placements, which we which we found was interesting because I guess in from my experience, I find sometimes the students that do have diagnosed mental health conditions, this they work through that in the earlier parts of the course. So by the time they hit clinics, some students actually do really well because they've already got the, all their strategies in place and they've they've grown through it and developed that as they've gone along. So I thought that was an interesting finding. Belinda, what your thoughts are here? Yes, um, but I think there was also a, a quite a high clinic failure rate for the um, LGBTIQ plus group as well. Yes. And so they were something like four times more likely to fail a clinical, five times more likely to fail a clinical placement. And although our numbers were small in this particular subgroup, um, it, it's certainly an interesting finding that that warrants look at more support and further research on this group and, and interventions to better support and increase the grittiness you know, of the students facing you know, significant challenges. Yeah, I think there's a lot more for them to deal with when they're on clinical placement. You know, in addition to their, you know, the the, the learning um, environment, the, there's just so many more factors involved. That this is, um, yeah, certainly a place for more research on this area would be, you know, obviously revealing. I'm interested in people's publishing strategies, so I'm going to kind of switch and. And have a little chat about that now. What what made you decide to submit this paper to physical therapy and rehabilitation? So we had a few decisions in mind in trying to find an ideal home for this paper and really look at this paper as continuing a conversation within a journal. So we wanted to look for a journal that did uh, look at health professions education topics we looked at one that had uh, international coverage and PTJ certainly has quite a big international readership. We 
did find that this paper had some things quite specific to physiotherapy, so it wasn't absolutely imperative that we published in something broader like Allied Health or Medical Education because it, it did have some quite specific things to physiotherapy, so that didn't bother us. And, of course, we also kept an eye on the metrics and we found that PTJ has quite a good impact factor. It's a Q1 journal in its group. And, yeah, so it ended up being quite a good fit for all those reasons. I think the biggest one is that the our conversation fit nicely in there amongst other similar types of topics. That's great. So what's next for you? So we're really keen now to continue our exploration on how GRAM can help to potentially buffer the effects of stress to help cope with challenges that arise. So there's an old curve from the 1900s called the Yorkdobson curve that um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, talks about how we need some degree of stress. So I think when we're talking about resilience, the conversation that often comes up is people are talking about stress and how do we decrease stress and why are students always so stressed? So going back to the York Dobson curve, we need some stress. Stress isn't the enemy. And there's a, to a term coined Eurostress, which is positive stress, stress that helps us to, to grow and develop. So we need challenges in life. It's not the absence of stress. It's not the absence of challenge. It's how do we adapt to the challenge in a positive way. So what we're interested in, the buffering effect that internal traits of your grit, resilience and your growth mindset can have so that we don't reach that threshold of tipping into burnout so quickly. So when you get to too much stress that's not positive anymore, you tip onto the other side that leads to distress, burnout, poor coping. So it's for us trying to understand that relationship between how can you buffer or increase the tolerance for someone's ability to cope with stress through improving grit or their growth mindset, which then might flow into their overall resilience and what sort of interventions help with that, but also really looking at the multifactorial strategies that a lot of these conversations tend to be focused around what can we do from an individual perspective to help this student get more gritty, get more resilient, where really we need to change the conversation to what can we all do? It's a shared responsibility. It's not just up to the individual. It's the organisations that they're going on to placements for. It's their supervisors. It's their tutors. It's us at universities as well to help support it. Our next step is looking at interventions that might be of benefit and particularly around multidimensional strategies that aren't, aren't focused on just providing a education session around what is grit and how does one individual improve their grit. And do you know uh, what strategies are, are useful in that space? Have you have you looked into that? So we're most of the way through a systematic review on the inter interventions for grit resilience and growth mindset. And there's been a really interesting broad array of interventions from a lot based at that individual level, you know, mindfulness practice and yoga and uh, all types of interventions, but they are predominantly focused at that individual level. And there's very few looking at a institutional systemic educator kind of uh, level. So we're working our way through that systematic review while also doing a discussion paper that Marlena takes us on that 
deep dive of the interplay of the the different factors, uh, et cetera. And and then also looking at taking those results of the systematic review and, and building them into an intervention to see in that interventional study, have we made a difference to students' grip resilience and growth mindset? Oh, wow. I look forward to reading the papers that come out of this one with with great eagerness. I'd like to thank you both for coming to speak with me today. Thanks, Marlena. Thank you, Lynn. And thanks, Belinda. Thanks so much, Lynn. Always a great opportunity to chat. So I've been chatting with Marlena Callow and Belinda Judd, authors of their paper published in the journal Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation in June 2022. Grit, Resilience, Mindset and Academic Success in Physical Therapy Students, a cross-sectional multi-centre study co-authored with Lucy Chip Chase, Felicity Blackstock and Casey Pierce.